Welcome into Texans All Access on a Tuesday. It's the bye week. It's a super early bye week. It's week six, but it's always good to launch into it on a win. Welcome back. We've got Mark Fenrir. Drew Doherty joins us once again. And uh, guys, it's unusual because Nick Casario spoke to us, and I feel like this is earlier than he's ever talked to us before, probably because the bye week is earlier. I mean, you're referring to him like he's Obi-Wan Kenobi. I Nick Casario <laughs> spoke like to us. He came he down from the us. mountain. It was a 30-minute sermon. No, just yeah. <laughs> He said a lot of things, and yet there wasn't a lot, because I always feel like we're near the trade deadline, so that's still a few more weeks out. Not really a whole lot mm-hmm. to discuss there. But he did discuss sort of the state of the team, the direction it's going, what he's thought so far. So usually we do hot reads, yeah. and I thought I would ask you guys your notable takeaways because he covered a variety of topics. You know, he's, and this Rick Smith was like this before him. Uh, as far as general managers go, it's they run the four corners when they do these, these press conferences. <laughs> the Meaning four corners. They, there's lots of passing, you know, four corners in college basketball. Not much is said of substance, and they don't want to tip their hand in any form or fashion. But he talked a lot, like you said, without – divulging secrets and he learned from the very best bill belichick held dp and i we were at and i think you were there too we were at a combine four or five yeah. six or seven years ago belichick gets to the podium and they have 15 minutes and he knows that and about his third question in somebody asked him about how so-and-so did on the three cone drill and how that might pertain to future success and Nick or Bill Belichick proceeded to talk about what the three cone drill was. He filibustered it. Well, you uh, you start <laughs> he off described by uh, it running detail. to one cone, and then you uh, run back and you touch the line, and then you run back to the cone and turn left. Like he went through the whole thing, and then before and you the knew time it, was up. The time was up, and he hadn't really fantastic. answered. Sorry, guys, answer. gotta go. <laughs> now Casario didn't go to that length uh, today, but you know he he kept it very very basic. He was not in you know he didn't join in the love fest like the rest of us with Damian Pierce. Nope. Said, hey, ball security is important, mm-hmm. and he needs to remember that. Had a had a good run talking about, talking about the twenty yarder, which is yeah. pretty the good. play of the season, yeah. one of the greatest run. runs in pretty franchise good. history. Mm-hmm. But oh, he called wait. it a good run. We will play the angry runs audio, <laughs> and and there, Kyle Brandt. You will be angry when you hear this. By the way, <laughs> we should play Kyle Brandt versus Nick Casario <laughs> in their description <laughs> of the run. Yeah, it's a good run. And meanwhile, Kyle Brandt is losing his mind. Oh my gosh, look yeah. at this. But I get it. Nick's the general manager. Yeah. That's the way he has to be. He, be. he does have some Belichick, but I'm going to say this about Nick. He will also give you some information on the game itself, the way the game is played, which is something that I never got out of Rick Smith. And Brian Gain was a little bit different. We didn't have him for that long. Uh, but he was really good to talk to as well. But Nick will actually talk about the game, like a coach in a way, because he has coached. Yeah. He's got that in his blood. And I know Rick back in the days in the 90s was a DB coach for a minute. But it's just a different flavor with Nick when he's discussing the elements of the game just played. Yeah, he loves the game. He also loves the process. He's a process guy. Yeah. So and that's he had a lot of process uh, with everything. But my Mark's, Mark once told me that, uh, and I, think, I want to say it was in reference to Rick Smith, uh, all carbohydrates, no protein. And I told, I actually <laughs> Sorry, told Rick. Sorry, Rick. Rick, that's not about you. That's just some of the No, thi- I told him to his face once. I go, it's actually an all art right. form. He he thought it was funny. He took it. He, he get, they get it. You can't give away, like Drew says, trade secrets. But you try to answer the question um, as in, with as much information as you can possibly get. Without giving any without actual. Without actually giving any information away. But well, especially around draft time. You don't want to tip your hand. Mm-hmm. You want to show anything. You, you want to be very secretive, yet accommodating to the media at the same time and getting the fans excited. I think Nick does a good job of that. Actually. He does a good job. You know he wants to answer the question to the best of his ability 
without actually giving anything away. And I think that's really where he stands on a lot of things. He really does. He is very just even keel about everything. I think he's not trying to play down his excitement for Damian Pierce. I think he just looks at everything like a process and we're five games in and there's still more football to be played. But with that being said, he did get asked about the rookies. Yep. And I mean, we, we can, I think we can all agree that the rookies have played phenomenally through the first five games. Uh, I thought it was interesting that even with Damian Pierce, he did say he dropped a little nugget that he benched 425 pounds on his day off or yeah, squatted, squatted, yeah, squatted yeah. not benched. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that would be crazy. Uh, he squatted 425 on his day off, so he liked his how he works and how he goes about his business. So I, I think that's high praise. It was him. that's it was funny. John and I were talking about it on our In the Lab podcast. He he brings that up about the 425 pound squat, and on Sunday we're going crazy on Twitter about the run. And w- one of the people on Twitter said he should just we should just let him change his number to 34. Talking about changing it mm-hmm. to Earl Campbell's Ooh. number. To which I replied, I just put a gif from Scarface, and it's Joe, uh, excuse me, Al Pacino, just doing the uh, take it easy, relax, like yeah. not yet, okay. I mean, a little we early. all love it, but let's not do that, okay? <laughs> that's that that guy's a legend. And so I brought up the point, hey, that's kind of like another thirty-four in this town. Nolan Ryan, he'd go out through nine innings of a no-hitter, and then he'd be in the, the weight room working out right afterwards. Just a little bit like that. So yeah. So oh, wow. My, my mini parallel. Mm. So many different places to go with all that information. But that is a little bit of it's not breaking news. It's not going to lead Sports Center. But Nick pointing that it's out about yeah. Pierce was certainly a healthy little nugget there that he was squatting 425, you know, 24 hours or whatever after the game. I love that. And let's just see more of that. Let's see more Damian Pierce throughout the course of the year. A lot of people want to label him. Should you put a 34 on him? How does he stack up versus Arian? How does he stack up versus Derrick Henry? Tap the brakes, like you said. <laughs> what was the word again? Uh, what did I say? Scarface. Oh, yeah. Tekinese, relax. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. That. Relax, everybody. It's five games in. I don't want to put too much on him. I don't want to take anything away from him either. But I've been around here for Steve Slayton one year I don't want to call him a one-year wonder, but one year of wonder of fantastic production before injuries derailed his career. And Dominic Davis, Mm -hmm. three years of really good production here in the early days before injuries pretty much derailed his career as well. Don't want to see that happen to Pierce. And I just want to see more of what we're seeing right now, see where it takes us and build off this because it's getting better every game. It's not just him. Nick's right. It is a team thing. The line is blocking better. Passing games actually clicking a little bit better. Not that they're blowing up right now, but they're making more plays. I know 140 is not exactly going to lead sports center either or help you win your fantasy league, but it was efficient and they didn't turn it over. It's what you needed in that type of game. I mean that that yeah. that type of like you you got in the mud with these guys it's a mm-hmm. divisional opponent that that type of game is what happens is brock somewhere saying guy. i wish exactly. i threw for 140 instead of 99 against mm-hmm. jacksonville in my one visit there with the houston was Texans. that in jacksonville or is that mexico city no no jacksonville and mexico city was more yards i want to say it was less i want to say it was like 89 yards i'll look it up but i feel like mexico city was more texans are trying to run it a lot that night too okay. though you're right about that and also that was the raiders in his eyes. and that, that <laughs> actually comes into play here because that was the raiders the and raiders. that was a big deal that was your last road game against the Raiders because that was technically their home game Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. at Estadio Azteca and man did Derek Carr look good that night and he looked good at times on Monday Night Football but it wasn't enough to get them over the hump and we'll see how it goes they're on a bye too yeah and I I know we're gonna get into the Devontae Adams 
yeah. stuff a little bit later on. But the kind of kind of fortunate that they've got to buy, we've got to buy, and if there's some sort of suspension that comes down, it would go into effect. Yes, for and a week, um, you know, I'm all for teaching people a lesson in this case. <laughs> we should uh, totally <laughs> teach lessons. <laughs> For sure. We don't want this to happen again to credentialed photographers. Yes. Um, all right. The Texans are also sitting at 1-3-1. and one. Nick Casario said that we've earned that 1-3-1. and one. That's a Bill Parcellsian kind of thing. You are what your record says mm-hmm. you are, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. I mean, it's obvious, but yet I think the way that he framed it, that, you know, we got to get better, the entire team has to get better, uh, does not question the effort of the team, but just need better execution. What you guys make of that? Yeah, and he echoed what we've been talking about since week one or right after week one. A few plays here and there, and everything is different. You're, you're thinking about things differently because that's, that's the case. They've been in a tight game every single week. You know, every single week you've had either a tie or a lead or been in striking distance in the fourth quarter, mm-hmm. and you just weren't able to close it out until this week. And like he said, you change a few plays and you're singing a different tune. Yeah, and he went over, you know, speaking of things Nick said or didn't say, he talked a lot about the game last night relatively. He had a healthy answer about the game, Monday Night Football, Raiders and Chiefs, because the Raiders are the next opponent. Texans are playing the Chiefs this year as well. I keep forgetting about that, by the way. I mean, oh, that's way down the line, way but, down the road. man, that's coming up at some point. You get, broke down the Raiders the Browns, rather nicely, the Chiefs, actually. and the Cowboys there in a three-game span. Not necessarily in that order. I can't, I can't remember exactly, but you get the Browns, Chiefs, and Cowboys. I was thinking of the Browns game last night, and I took a deep breath like, Browns, Cowboys, Oof. Chiefs. Yep. Okay, that's going to be some stretch right there. And look, maybe by that time, you're a whole lot more ready for it, right? You're ready for it, and... You pointed it out, DP. They've been in every game. They finally got over the hump against Jacksonville. But my point about Nick, talking about last night's game and going over the seesaw element of it in the second half, and actually from the start, Raiders up 17 to nothing. I thought Sean Pendergast had a good line on it. He said it was like a sugar high. And I'm like, I can relate to that <laughs> healthy lead over the Chiefs sugar high because I had mm, one soon. 2019 soon. playoffs, <laughs> and it wore off fast, just off. like a sugar high. And the Raiders lead kind of did, too. They were down. Uh, the Chiefs were 20 to 10 at the half after kicking the field goal. Nick's point was right, though. They get the field goal. They get the ball back. They score. All of a sudden, it's a close game. But he was going over the back and forth of that game down the stretch and pointing out this is the NFL. This is what it's all about. You have to execute at those moments. Texans finally did against Jacksonville. They didn't do it in those other games where they had chances to win but couldn't do it. How about if you're the Raiders and you're going into the bye with a loss like that where you have, you, mm-hmm. you've got the Chiefs under your thumb. That's a divisional game for them. Then you may lose your best offensive weapon for the next game. And you've got to buy. You've got two weeks to sit here and think about it. And you look back at that game, there were so many missed opportunities for both sides of the ball. They were ready to play. I mean, the the Raiders were ready to play. They took it to them. But when you deliver the punch against the Chiefs, you got to keep punching. You have to keep scoring. They were unable to do it. 17-0 is nothing to Kansas City. But what about... What if Josh McDaniels goes just kicks the ball instead of going for two with 4.30 left in the game? they're, They're still within... Easy striking distance of kicking a field goal. I know it didn't, you know, that didn't turn out, but it's it's uh, nothing. All right, so it was it the wrong decision. The way things played out, it wasn't the wrong decision. Right. But I felt at the time, why are you doing this? Because all you're doing is kind of poking the bear there. If you take the lead, the Chiefs are going to go, they're going to be in four-down territory the rest of the way, right? They're going to go for it on fourth down every single time because they have to score, right? Now, if 
you know, the drive fizzles out early, I guess you could have punted and called timeout, whatever, tried to get the ball back if you're Kansas City. But you understand what I'm saying here. I don't know if it really helps you. A field goal wins the game for them anyway. Why not kick the sure thing? It's not a sure thing, an extra point. I get it. But kick the extra point, and now the game's tied. Yeah, they take the lead with a field goal touchdown, obviously, but you're still playing at least, and you're not behind. You're not in desperate need of the ball back yet, as opposed to, I don't know, I felt like it wasn't worth the risk. But they got the ball back anyway, had a chance, failed that fourth and one that was obviously terrible with Adams and uh, Hunter Renfro colliding for them I think I think because of the way they're playing on offense though they were feeling frisky like hey why let's let's take what we can get I think we can get it here and I think that's yeah. that's what it was close into it. yeah it was so close but the problem is with analytics I just think why would you not just take the extra point and tie the game wouldn't you rather tie the game than to risk being down one for yeah, the rest I mean I'd rather be yes I'd ra- I would rather I mean, that, be tied than to be down one I mean yeah and, and the, I, the option is you could also go up by one but the analytics on getting a two-point conversion versus an extra kick I mean sometimes why not heat just of the straight moment up look though, at that sometimes heat of the moment though and how you're feeling Gut check. Yeah. pushes analytics yeah. aside right you, you know? feel like you can get it but they didn't get it and right. that's a big right. problem I mean it's a classic second guess mm-hmm. yeah, and I can argue both sides of it right and it was a, it was for a one point lead though. It's not like you're at the goal line and it's do we go for the touchdown or take a field goal here and it's going to make Kansas City force Kansas City into a touchdown or bust situation. That to me is a different deal, very different from what was playing out last night. Obviously the Raiders lost. They got the ball back. Good for them because you know what? McDaniels, that decision shouldn't even come into play because McDaniels got the ball back. And the Chiefs would have scored a field goal at the very least. I know they didn't, but they didn't need it. They had the lead thanks to your missed opportunity. So maybe I'm talking myself out of it. I should stick to my guns. They shouldn't have gone <laughs> like, for wait, it. Which way are we you. going with this? Uh, I wish you guys had Lovey Smith on now because I'd want to ask about roughing the passer. Like yeah. all these roughing the passer calls. Like how are you going to coach against that? Chris Jones had um, a strip sack for a fumble, mm-hmm. and then it, it gets he gets called for roughing yeah which Patrick Mahomes there was one that was like a sketchy call that didn't get called on him later it's so inconsistent it's not reviewable like I don't know how you start coaching with that we saw one against Tom Brady as well I kind of think it's just like they're just it just, it just popped up in, in in one week that we saw two pretty egregious ones I think for the most part though just anecdotally speaking they've been okay over the last four or five years about not calling it too often, right? I mean, it, but, I think it's just a matter but of this weekend. There that's were what I'm so saying. It, it just so happened that you saw two really wild ones in sort of high-profile games. Yes, and that's why we're. Seeing, but do you feel like that's a an ongoing problem every single it week? It kind of is. I think it's tough for the D linemen, and it it really puts them in a spot. Last night, Jones actually got the ball out. And he falls on him. Yes, the weight of his body fell on him. It just the wording of that feels so clunky. It's football. Sometimes you're going to have the weight of a body on you because it just happens that way. Men are trying to tackle each other. I go back to the Jim McMahon quote. This is dating me. (gasps) Jim McMahon, quarterback for the Chicago Bears. Do you remember this one? I should pull it up, but I'm not going to do it right now. But he talked about, man, it's a weird game. Guys are trying to maim you. He used that word maim. Well, are you talking about the one where it's basically the worst hit of all time? Oh, on him? It probably that quote probably happened after this hit. Yes. He suffered yeah. a lot in his post playing yes, career. Absolutely. For those sort he of well, plays, that, that hit kept Which is probably, what they're avoiding. That hit probably kept the Bears from winning the Super Bowl that you, a, a Mike Tomzak and yeah. Doug Flutie and whatever else happened to them he after that. He and Tomzak were both undefeated as starters in that regular season. I mean, mm. that season Good after pull by they you. were fourteen and two that year in the regular season. In the year after they 
you know, gone 15 and one and won the Super Bowl, the you know, one of the greatest teams ever. If you look back at the stats of Jim McMahon starting, it's something like four or five years he went 36 and five. Yeah. He was undefeated combined in 85 and 86, but neither of those years did he start all 16 games. So that, mm. you know what? When we talk about the greatest quarterbacks. He didn't start the Miami Dolphins Monday Nighter in 85. He did not start that game. He played in it, but did not start. That, you know what? I have no recollection of him not starting that yeah. game. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's why they felt like they were going to wipe the floor with the Dolphins and they were rooting for the Dolphins to beat the Patriots in the AFC Championship game. Mm-hmm. Wow. Times have changed. Anyways. But I like. I wonder know, if, yeah, I, I just wonder if some. It's a lot of making up calls now. Maybe, maybe the concussions. I, I wonder if sometimes the concussions from Tua and the quarterbacks from the week before they feel like now they got to protect the quarterback even more so, and did, that's why we're we're calling more roughing the passer. I don't know. Did you see NFL memes, which is a great account to follow? I don't know if the league <laughs> approves it, but I got to think that they laugh about a lot of this stuff at Park Avenue, even though it's not an official NFL account, because they'll take video and pictures and they'll make fun of everything. And they had an old video of Brady as a Patriot. It must have been from about 03, 04, in that era. And he's running with the ball, and he gets blasted. And the caption was, if you did this to Tom Brady now, it would be the death penalty. (laughs) And it's so true, though, because what, you know, when you fling Tom Brady to the ground, and I said this to Johnny, I think, you're inviting the call. You're tempting the official to make a call. Don't do that. Chris Jones last night did it, too. When you flatten the quarterback like that, I don't know what else he was supposed to do, though. At some point, he's falling forward trying to tackle the quarterback, and there's nowhere else to go, and the ball's coming out at the same time, and he's grabbing it. I think that's incredibly difficult to pull yourself away from, to break your fall in some other way, to roll off the guy. In slow motion, everything looks horrible, well, right? Well, it's like tackle the quarterback, don't throw him to the ground, don't fall on him with your full body weight. So, how? I mean, do you just, yeah. like... I mean, what do you do? You I've just... seen a lot of different comments, and some it's... of them are microaggressions. But I've, I saw one today. I think it was Emmanuel Acho who said, what is he supposed to do, give him a pillow and tuck him in? I, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know, but that's a, it's a great question. We're a great headed question for something how, else. Yeah, it's going it's gonna, to it's gonna balance out. Either they're going to adjust how they're calling those, or we're going to see guys sacking quarterbacks very, very And I'm not quibbling with, yeah, they're bad calls, these, these two this weekend. But, like, are we really – is this like a constant No, I think thing it's or, a thing. I think it's an I, inconsistency is no, what I know it is. That too, but because I'm, Patrick Mahomes in the same game was in the red zone, got flung to the ground like a, a rag doll. Nothing got called. So I, I myself as a fan am unclear, and I feel like analysts are unclear, and I think players are unclear. There just needs to be some more clarity Stop on Stop flinging quarterbacks Don't around fling quarterbacks like rag dolls. Around. Just bring them down. What Trevon Walker. Like Trevon Walker's hit. It wasn't a hit. Mm. He, it was a fling. He just yeah. threw Davis well, Mills. And nobody, nobody argued that. Nobody argued that. Peterson was like, that was a you know, bad play. The ball was that. gone. Yeah. I mean, what are you doing? Right. That was crazy. Yeah, the ball was gone. The whistle had been blown as well. So Now, what happens, it, it's interesting because everyone, oh, that changed the whole game. That was the pivotal moment. I'm like, really? Because guess what? Yeah, it could have been. It should have been. But moments later, hey, it's third and 10. <laughs> what are you going to do on right. third and 10, right? You got to pick that up. And they did with the throw to Aikens on the right sideline. So, yeah, as beneficial as that was, the Texans, it's not like they immediately took advantage of it and pounced on the next play to the end zone. No, they still had a lot of work to do. They needed that third and 10 conversion. It was an 11-yard pass with a lot of work by Aikens to get that done. And moments later, the Damian Pierce Four consecutive runs by Pierce after that, by the mm. way. But the Damian Pierce legendary now 20-yard run, it wasn't like it was a gift to the Houston Texans. They earned every piece of that drive. 
including Mills being flung. All right. You mentioned Jordan Aikens. He's been pulled up from the practice squad three times already, which is his max. And Nick Casario talked about the tight end group at, just as a whole and uh, some of those decisions that go into pulling up guys from the practice squad. He mentioned that the Texans are probably one of the teams that utilize those spots the most, pulling up guys um, from practice squad to the active roster on game day and how it's a week-to-week thing. I'm curious to see now after the bye – because you've released Farrell Brown. Yeah. Brevin Jordan, he alluded to the fact that Brevin Jordan should be coming back soon. What is soon? I don't know. Is two is two weeks soon? Is it four weeks? Dr. Vandermeer has no read. I have no idea. No what's read on the there. soon <laughs> from Nick Casario. And I have no read on Lovey Smith's take on Christian Harris either. I don't have a read on that. I, I feel like he could be after the bye. Okay, that's I good. I feel like he could be after the bye, but I think when he goes into the game, it'll be a maybe it'll be a snap count. They won't. He won't play like 100%. Yeah, he won't be 100%. They'll work him up to where they feel comfortable with him in the they game. They have limited spots. You know, we'll see how they handle it because Wallow's playing Wallow now. played well. He's playing well, right? Yeah, and we heard on Monday how he utilized the linebackers differently against Jacksonville. Oh, yeah. The rotation. A lot of guys that you don't even normally see were playing very, very early. And he was, A, he was shaking it up because of the weather. It was a little, he said it was a little bit warmer. But, B, because of what we'd seen from the linebacking crew through the first month of the season – wasn't up to his snuff, and you know he he's he's definitely shaking things up. And then when Cashman comes back, and when Harris finally gets inserted, that's going to give them a little bit more ammo at that spot, and give them some tougher decisions, which they want to have. They want right. to have to make those tougher decisions. So, well, they had ETN to deal with, and he was starting to churn up yards. That's good. He is good. Yeah, he's kind of scary. He's a problem. Yeah, because Robinson is one thing. But Robinson feels more traditional. ETN has a lot of twitch, whoop, whoop, and all of a sudden there's 15 yards just on one I like that cut. sound effect. Do you, you, you should use that in the next time that these two teams play each other. Should I do that in do a play-by-play whoop, play call? Yeah. I should probably do it. You're you right. need, But then you need a sound effect for Damian Pierce. <laughs> I, do you have a call? By the way, on a side note, do you have a call for Damian Pierce? No, listen, I, I, this is play-by-play confessions. It's hard to call some of those plays where he's breaking tackles. I'm like, because he uh, well, looks like he's down every other second. And Spiro Didis, he did the TV, and I was talking with him before the game, but we didn't talk about this, but he, I heard his call of the 20-yard run, and at one point he just grunts. <laughs> it's almost <laughs> like, really? he's like, over the 10, ugh. <laughs> he's he's the five. Like mentally grunting when, like, as if he's getting hit. Because I know it's appropriate. How he, it's appropriate. I, I know yeah. how he feels. <laughs> well, you want to be like Chris Berman, like, like when he used to do that call with Jerome Bettis. And I know people kind of tease Berman sometimes now. The guy's a broadcasting legend. Those Sunday night highlights were amazing. Yes, they shouldn't do highlights on Monday Night Football anymore. I don't know why they do it. It's a tradition that goes back to Howard Cosell, but you don't need it in 2022. I digress. I think that it's hard to call, breaks a tackle. And, you know, you want to, when you're doing play-by-play, you're sort of predicting what's going to happen as you're calling it. And you have to wait, and it's hard because breaks another tackle. And now he's definitely tackled, but wait a minute, he's not. Because (laughs) it looked like he was, and he's definitely not. And then 20 more yards goes by. So it's a tough thing to call, and I'll get used to it because I told this to Johnny it took me a while to get used to calling Hopkins on the sideline. You know, oh, yeah. uh, throws it out of bounds, incomplete. Oh, wait a minute. Hopkins caught it. He stretched his body, you know, eight feet beyond normal human limits and somehow the got the. Way. Yeah, you had to assume You're going to start assuming. Exactly. I learned to wait. Yeah. I learned to wait. And Hopkins snares it along the sideline. Are his feet in? Yes. I had a lot of those because you just didn't know. You'd look at the replay and all of a sudden they zapruder it and there are two little toes touching. Well, they're big toes touching right before the sideline. And 
he was amazing at doing that stuff. Yeah, I think you're going to have to start doing the same thing with Damian Pierce. You're just going to have yeah. to assume that he's going to keep going yeah. until you definitively see everyone stop playing. This is good for me. Everyone it's therapy. I'm, I'm definitely so benefiting. Are we helping yeah. you? We're giving you play-by-play yes. play play advice? Mm-hmm. All right, well, let's take a break. We come back. Angry Runs, Damian Pierce. We're going to keep the conversation going on him. Kyle Brandt had a rant, and I've got a rant as well. So Ooh. that's all coming up. And we'll do Texans progress reports heading into the bye. I want to see you guys, where, where the team stacks up in your eyes, where they can get better. It's all coming up. Texans All Access. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back to Texans All Access. And uh, I've got a little bit of a rant. There's a segment on Good Morning mm-hmm. Football called Angry Runs. And Kyle Brandt does it. I, Drew says he's never seen it before, but I don't know how you've how seen it. How is this possible? Where are you on where, Tuesdays? Right, Every TV on. in the building's on NFL yes. Network. I was going to go third in this, but since you've put me on blast <laughs> yeah, with this, go ahead. Here's, here's what, here's what I want to say. I read a really great, great article about five, six years ago. Maybe it was even recently, more recently, but Jeff Perlman wrote a profile about Kyle Brandt. So I respect Kyle Brandt, everything I read about him. This guy knows what he's doing. Great on the air and all that other stuff. Now I'm curious about this profile. He filled in for Rome a bunch when Rome was huge on the Premier Network, and now Rome's on CBS Sports Radio. Rome's still on, and Rome's a legend. And when Rome was the it guy, though, yep. Brant used to fill in sometimes. Okay, but why? Super so, talented. That, so you're su- super talented, but where's the but? Damian Pierce peels off this 20 yard run, and I get a few people saying, Oh, this has got to be on Kyle Brant's Angry Runs. And I was like, I don't know what people are talking about. Even know. John Harris. Oh thing is, that's oh cool. Gosh. Even our very own John Harris. And the fact that it was not the angry run makes me makes me think, well, I haven't been missing anything. Because what the hell are they po- choosing if that's not the angry okay, run? Okay, well, week? let's just say, okay, I'm going to set it up here. This is Kyle no Brandt. Kyle Brandt. This is Kyle Brandt on Damian Pierce introducing him as a contender for the angry Wait, run. Before we roll it, though, uh, it's important to note, Brandt gets super intense and yeah, very this is, this is hyper. <laughs> Right? Uh, yeah, that's just how he does angry that, runs. That's how he does it. I mean, he is sweating. He's jumping around. Like how he did for the Buffalo Bills draft pick at the draft last year? Maybe. If Which you, was That was awesome. Okay. If you win the angry runs segment, you get the scepter, and they FedEx it to you, and then you, our video team would do something with the player. Thank you for the scepter. It's this big honor. And they recap it every week. Like, right. all the angry run winners, you're on a board. Yeah. And so you just get to – we get to relive your moment. And, and when they drafted Pierce, Brant on Good Morning Football said, yes, uh, Pierce is going to win a ton, a ton of these things. You just watch. Visit me. It, visit this clip in October. And he goes, hello, October. Back then, he said that. Let's listen in. Hello, Damien. Here he goes. Look out. Look out. He's still going. He's at the 10. He's at the 5. Oh, my God. He's going to score. I'm in love. I love this man. Oh, Damien. Some things live up to the hype, guys. He had me a Damien. In this segment, I love Damien's and Lucifer's and Beelzebub's and all of them. Unfreeze this sucker. Let's go. Put that thing in the Smithsonian and the Louvre and whatever museum is in New Jersey. Damien Pierce. God, I love you. I absolutely love you. And I could not love him. Guys, we have a guy who's hanging on his head, who's hanging on his legs. This thing was an angry runner two seconds into it, and it's still going. Let's go to the table. You take that level and you put it on the ground like Tyreek Hill was after Quinn and Willem pushed him over. Quinn and Williams, three for three, angry scepter. Oh, my God, an upset. You know what? I like this. I love you, Damian Pierce. This is only going to make you more angry. All right, so he sets it up very nicely for Pierce, but in the end, 
It was Jets defensive tackle Quinnen Williams with a fumble recovery versus the Dolphins. And I feel like Kyle Brandt wanted Pierce to win because he had predicted yeah. as such. But everyone on the panel of Good Morning Football is from that Jersey area. And I feel like there's Jersey bias, and that's why they picked Quinnen Williams. Yep, he's a likable guy, but he's a defensive tackle. How do you not give it to Damian Pierce? And Quinnen Williams, look. It was a great play, and I love him stiff-arming Tyreek Hill and all that. Whatever. Great. Whatever. Great. Yeah. Pierce has to win this, and I'm getting upset over a stupid scepter. <laughs> but scepter. it's a lack of respect for the Houston Texans. Yeah, the 100%. Jets are hot right now. They do the show out of New York. There's New York media bias for days, decades, centuries. New York is the center of the media universe, so they'll always think highly of New Yorkers. This is why you hear so many New York people in the media hear and see. Christopher Russo, Matt Dog Russo, he's huge because he's in New York, and that's where all the decision makers live, and they hear him on their local radio station, so they've elevated him to this massive status. One of the reasons for voting for him was the fact that he stiff-armed Tyreek Hill, and Tyreek Hill had said... He moved to Florida because of no state income tax, and that was part of the storyline. I'm like, are we are we watching the run? Because are we they're like New reliving? They're, I don't I don't get it. They're New Yorkers and New Jerseyites, and they're bitter about income tax because you get right. you get taxed to the hilt in that part of the country. Again, I'm not missing anything. Well, I'm not I, missing anything. No, Drew, you must get upset <laughs> and get passionate angry about, about this. Lack of angry run respect, but at the end, Kyle Brandt did say, "I love you, Damian Pierce. This is only going to make cool. you angrier." He really did. I do, do feel cool. like he wanted him to win. Yeah, they, I wasn't, I'm mad at everyone just, else for not voting for I just didn't know what this thing was, but I do like Kyle Bray. That guy knows what he's doing. It's funny because it's his own niche, and they're trying to come up with others, like big rookie plays or funky doodling plays. I don't know. They have other segments like, like that. Like Toast of the Town plays. Yeah, like but, Jamie's doing that. Now, they, they, they each of them have their thing, but, I mean, he just it's just natural how angry he and excited. Right. They've he's got like T-shirts. Yeah, yeah, he, he he gets really into it. It's fun. It's just another thing to do weekly. And you know what? It doesn't matter if you win or lose to get one of these things, right. which is kind of cool in a way because, you know, there are moments of the game that are special, win or lose. I'm really delving into these now because uh, the record, you see what it is, right? So I look at these things closely. But Pierce got this in a win. He's going to get the scepter eventually. I'd rather have the Lombardi Trophy but it's something. <laughs> That's all I'll say about that. Well, I just want some recognition because I, I, Lovey was asked about the Rookie of the Year yeah. awards, and he said it's really, really early. But I noticed on NFL.com they had a story about how Lovey Smith is trying to pump the brakes on that. But I think any pub right now for Damien Pierce is good pub yeah. because when it's time to vote, you know, I think the more we're talking about him in a national space, the better it is for him. So I want that for him. Because he is so likable. He's done such an amazing job just in his first five games. And the fact that he gave the ball to Laramie Tunsil to spike, like he's just a team player. Well, I think, so how do you not like a guy? Think like about that? last week, Rex Burkhead gets that his first touchdown of the year against the Chargers. Who do you see on the field? Who was on the bench when that play happened? Pierce. Damian yeah. Pierce. He runs out to and some guys, hey, that's a veteran that I'm trying to get his playing time. I'm not gonna be friends with him. Pierce continuously brings Rex Burkhead up in interviews at his right. locker. He speaks once a week. You almost always hear him bringing up Rex Burkhead every single time. He brings up how his offensive line has been clearing the holes for him. He routinely brings up running backs coach Danny Barrett, DB, he's what he calls him. He's very, very pointed about that. He Every single time he talks, he's trying to give others credit, bolster others, and it was fun. You know, After that first preseason game, You know, we really hadn't heard from Damian Pierce 
as a uh, as a as a guy doing interviews until a- after the first preseason game. Mm-hmm. The other locker room was open, so he's talking, and there's a ring of reporters around him, and it was kind of after all the podium stuff had happened. So Lovey Smith, it's a night game. He's leaving, and at that end of the locker room is one of the exits. There's coolers full of water and Gatorades and stuff. I, I kind of look. I'm in the ring getting sound. I look out of the corner of my eye. I see Lovey Smith stopping to get a water, and he kind of looks over at the ring, and he's, he's got a furrowed brow at first. Then he sees who it is, and he realizes it's Pierce and realizes, hey, that guy just got nine-plus per carry tonight, mm-hmm. and he kind of like got a little twinkle in his eye. And he, his <laughs> eyebrow raised, and he sort of smiled a little bit. Everybody likes this guy. I mean, yeah. you, he reciprocates like. everything and lifts everybody up, whether he's talking or whether he's out punishing defensive you know, players on the field. He's a breath of fresh air. He's really, really exciting. I can't wait to see what the future holds. And, yes, I know it's only week five of his rookie season, but there is a lot to love about Damian He Pierce. would have crushed his acceptance speech on angry runs when he got the oh, second. Yeah. That's and the I, thing. Oh, yes. And I want to see him do it, and I know it's coming. So. It's better TV. Stop pandering better to the New Yorkers. Better TV than the dude who won last week. <laughs> All right. Well, it is the bye week, and so I want to do a progress, like a progress report. You know, okay. it's that time of year okay. again for kids. Uh, so let's do a progress report check-in. I'm going to give you a few subjects. By the way, what happened to the term report card we don't get that anymore now it's progress no report. progress reports what you get mid quarter or mid semester yeah report cards still, oh, it still happens oh, yeah, yeah. progress reports not grades it might be electronic but they're report cards yeah, that's why we're not there. giving out grades it's a progress report i get an email if uh, my younger son doesn't do well on a test i get an email and it'll be i know you guys never get that dp's no, like, i'm not familiar <laughs> no, with no, this I'm concept like you, at all you stop getting them when they get older the no, city boys no, 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 no. Oh, i get oh, i get notifications on an app on my phone when my my 18-month-old takes a nap or, you know, <laughs> it's like taunting. I'll get it at 2 in the afternoon after lunch. Yes, I've got heavy lids and she's taking Not a nap. You. It's like, this is taunting. Why? All right, we could get into the whole thing about nap All right, nap I'm going to give you a category. I'm not going to do it right I'm not going to say best time to nap. All right, best rookie performance so far. Uh, I'm going to give you the choices. Jalen Petrie in week three, two interceptions, a sack, a fumble recovery, two passes defense against Chicago. Damian Pierce. But I'm going to say the 75-yard touchdown run in week four that sort of turned mm. the game around against the Chargers. Still the high watermark in yardage. Yes, 131 yards rushing. Mm-hmm. Or Derek Steenley getting an interception in the end zone versus the Jags as they're driving to score. So it's Go. those three choices? Yes. Okay, so you're not even including the 20-yarder? Because that I would be like, my choice. I feel like everyone would pick the 20-yarder. Yeah, yeah. So okay. all right, fine. We'll say the 20-yarder. So the 20-yarder well. is Michael Jordan. We're just going for second. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I, I shouldn't I, give. I understand what I you're saying. I guess I'm yes. taking that out of it because good. I feel like that's that would be idea. everyone's. No, that's yeah. a great idea. That's a great idea. But I, I put in the 75-yard touchdown run mm. for you. I, I'm going to say, look, in the Jags game, so you're saying, wait, the performance in the game or a run in the game? So you're giving the 75-yard run. I'm not even, you're not even nominating 99 yards on 26 carries, right? No. Because to me, that was his best running performance in a win. He didn't average four yards per carry in that game, by the way. But it was hard-nosed stuff, and they needed every bit of it to beat the Jags that day. Okay, You're signing up for your own subjects, but that's okay. Yeah, I like it. I know. I, I like I'm, it. I'm, no, I these I'm were the ones. Audit, that... audit your class, <laughs> and I'm going to create I've my own major. I dropped your class, and now I've added this one. Okay, you've added 99 yards rushing against but I the will, Jags. I'll say of all those. Stingley's pick is the biggest play because that leads to them not scoring. Yeah. I tell this to the kids when I coach little kid basketball with my single-digit aged kid. 
and I say, you play good defense. If you stop them from scoring a basket, that's like a basket for us in a way. Because it it's minus two that they would have gotten. That's huge. So Stingley, that's minus six, seven right there with that pick. It's at least minus three. So you get the ball back. Just don't bring it out of the end zone. You get the ball back. That's huge. <laughs> that's my vote. That And that was incredibly deflating because they moved at ease on that drive. I mean, it wasn't until the pick that they really kind of stumbled. Oh, it's you're right, thinking, yeah. And it's right out of the uh, it's right out of the half. I mean, you you score there, and you might just roll. I was incredibly concerned going into that game. I thought brace for impact, yeah. like 2017. This could be really tough because they looked good against the Chargers. Great, and they looked really good against the Colts at home. But I guess that's just a thing. Yeah, that think about that. He gets them in the end zone there, and they take a, a lead. It's like, yeah, we got this now. Let's roll. We're gonna, we're gonna, mm -hmm. and then you put that seed of doubt in there by getting the pick, and you don't, you're not able to do anything with it, but you do get out to midfield, flip field position. Yeah, that was a massive play. That was a big drive in the context of a 13-6 game. That's a big drive to get it out of your shadow of the goalpost mm -hmm. mm -hmm. and flip the field like that. Wasn't that the drive where Rex had the run of nine yards on yeah. third and seven, mm -hmm. which was. I mean, that was maybe the play of the game. I don't know. Pierce had the play of the game, but you get my drift it's a here. Huge play. Yeah. I mean, you're running Rex yards. on third, third down. I think the expectation of a lot of people is you're going to get three, four yards maybe, and you're going to punt and play defense and hope for the best there. Rex picks it up with his legs. My, my call, it sounded a little surprised that it happened. Sorry, Rex. <laughs> but it happened. A nine-yard run on it third happened. and seven. Very you can't nice. can't take that away from me. Well, I, maybe, I'm in the, the, maybe I'm in my own, uh, my, my own class here by myself. Okay. Uh, I think it had it been a win, we would have talked about it a lot more. But I think Jalen Petrie getting two interceptions, yeah. a sack, a fumble recovery. I mean, that's three takeaways in one game by a rookie plus two passes defense. Say what you want about Chicago. They ended up winning the game. But the fact that he was able to do that as a rookie in week three, I thought if the if the Texans had won, we would have been talking about them yes. a lot more than we I think it's been. a great point. It's very underrated, uh, that performance. If you think about it, the, the Texans just squander. I mean, he puts them, he gives them the yeah, ball on, absolutely. The, on the Chicago side of the oh, field. I mean, don't. it was huge. And look oh, at goodness. the Bears. Yeah. Oh, terrible. Yeah. All right, let's take a break. I, I want to keep this going. I want to get your biggest performance by a non-rookie. We'll do that when we come back. Um, it's all coming up. One more segment, Texans All Access. Final segment of Texans All Access, and we're going to go biggest performance by a non-rookie because I couldn't cram in my entire progress report yeah. in segment two, but I definitely don't want to leave out the non-rookies. You know what? I'm not even going to give you categories. Just pick your own because I feel like you're just going to pick your own anyway. Yeah, you think Your favorite performance by non-rookie You think we're year. just going to freelance you're anyway? Gonna, I mean, I can give you choices, but I feel like you're not going to pick any I'll of them. I'll go Would you like me to give first you game of the season because I think Damien Pierce was like the main story of the win mm -hmm. on Saturday, so... You know, I can't. I there are other options there in the wind, but I got to go back to Jerry Hughes. Yeah. Two sacks, two sacks, and a pick. Starting off his career here, we didn't see much of him in the preseason. Didn't see much of him in the, you know, training camp, all that stuff. So for Jerry Hughes to come out like that and really help put you in position to win that first game, you tie. But to do what he did, man, monstrous. You know, in a one-three-one season. The rookies are the most interesting thing here. Mm -hmm. They are because so much acclaim, this class, so much attention, really, I should say. Acclaim you have to earn, but they're earning it along the way here, step by step. When I think of the vets, you know, I'd love to say Mills, but it's just not there yet. The production, it's getting better every week. It's just going up, you know, little by little, getting better. Good game against Jacksonville. Didn't need a ton of yards, but made the throws when he had to. 
didn't make the big mistake, and it's kind of like what I said before about stopping somebody on defense. If you don't make the big mistake, you're not going to give them the opportunity off that mistake. And he stayed away from those things. So that was pretty cool. But, yeah, I was going to pick Jerry Hughes. He stole my oh, thunder. Well, there's another right obvious there. one from week one yeah. that you guys are both missing. O.J. Howard, two touchdowns. Two touchdowns yeah. Yeah. Right, showed so, up that week. You know, you're you're. I, I want to go the five-game body of work also. I mean, I'd like to look at that. I'm going to oh, give I you. Was, I was going to say easy per, for anybody per a game. Or, okay, yeah, you can go body of work. But, yeah, sure. Well, I Two think, touchdowns even for five games, I think, I, is I think one of the bad. best stories as far as non-rookies goes is the return of Jordan Akins. I think it's Ooh, a good okay. story for this team. I like it. Look, it's not like he's blown up and he's have, he has 20 catches and three touchdowns. It's not like that. But he's got a TD. He had the big third down conversion on the go-ahead drive against Jacksonville in your only win. And he's a former Texan, now a current Texan. I like that. I like the story, and I want to see more. Yeah, so and you're going to. He's, he's going to get added to the 53-man roster. I don't think there's I mean, any there's question. There's no way you have to. Yeah, he's been your best, most consistent tight end since yeah. he got here. Unless they have other plans up their sleeve. Look, you can afford having him, Brevin Jordan, O.J. Howard. Uh, I don't Mason know what Shrek happens. Mason Shrek maybe stay. He can, you can bring him up one more time, I believe. Yeah, Shrek. Shrek, I want to say they want to keep him around. He's interesting. But all of a sudden, it's not like you have a glut of talent at tight end. You have a bunch of tight ends, though, and I mean, they let go of Farrell Brown last week. Maybe they're bringing John Mackey, Todd Christensen, and uh, sure, Mark sure Bavaro the, here in. But I doubt they're going to do that. I'm Mark, sure those guys are ready to go. Sure. I really thought Mark was going to pick uh, Wild Driscoll. I thought you would. And we've, all, we've been seeing that in a while. I know. You're right. We haven't seen Wild Driscoll. Bring him back for another game before you decide whether I, you want I know that you have the practice squad limitations and everything, but. I liked that. I really did. I thought that was kind of a cool wrinkle. I thought you could have done more off of it. Maybe we haven't seen the last of it. Maybe they bring him up to the 53. I don't know. To be continued, whether or not the Wild Driscoll comes back after the bye. I'm going to go Driscoll so. Cat, not Wild no, Driscoll. Driscoll. I feel like I say it different every time and see which one sticks. I've said it different every time. The Wild <laughs> Jeff, which sounds bad. <laughs> I don't know. Driscoll Cat Driscoll to me. Driscoll Cat, Wild Driscoll. Mm. Either way, both cool, very cool plays. Uh, Texans on a bye, but Texans radio continues. And Texans matchup up next with John Harris. Don't go anywhere. That's going to do it for Texans All Access. Enjoy the bye. Thanks as always, and go Texans.